All right, everybody, what's going on? This is Braxton Gilbert, your host of the Let's Keep Talking podcast. This is the second episode involving me and Katie's conversation. Today's episode, if you remember last episode on Monday, was about depression. Hope you enjoyed it. If you listened to it, if you didn't, check it out. Today is all about religion. Okay, so I think religion and a hand-me-down value structure sense should be outgrown. That's my perspective on it. I think it should be outgrown initially, right? To become some sort of a agnostic or atheist, a self-journeyer away from the hand-me-down value structure of your own personal religion. I think then, at some point, you begin to construct a religion of sorts of your own, pulling from the value structures of people that you're inspired by, religions you're inspired by, cultures you're inspired by. So today in the episode, we talk about religion and the importance of reestablishing some form of religion in your life, especially, especially in relationships. For me personally, uh, relationships and navigating those has been the thing that brought my attention back uh, or brought my attention to how important having a agreed upon value structure and agreed upon uh, kind of like a conduct book in a way can be helpful with navigating a relationship with someone. So we talk a lot about open-mindedness and how that's super great, but then also why it's important to be judgmental in a way too and how that can be helpful. So it's, it's a really cool conversation. If you like religion, if you like discussing ethics and discussing relationships, I think you'll enjoy today's episode. Again, this is the second episode out of three. The one coming out on Friday is all about being a people pleaser. And I really hope you tune into it because it is an awesome episode and so is this one. Let's hop into it going to it's nothing but a perception yeah and, and it's like too when you're like you've seen people talk about uh like when you're at the beach you're thinking about work when you're at work you think about the beach you know what yeah. i'm saying like you're always you're always somewhere else with the mind yes. the mind's always like oh i should be and we should probably be and i should be and i should be a little more happy and i should stop being so sad and it's always like in this survival neutral state of like trying to like move its way to the next place that you're never truly here with what's actually going on, which might be a beach or it might be a deadline at work. And that's just what it is. Be here now. Ram Das, he was there now, man. That dude was way too there now. Though. <laughs> you know, like. I do love his trees, the, his tree thing, trees and people. Yeah, you just see them as they are, right? Yeah, I don't try to change them. That has brought a lot of peace to my life. I'm still like working on it. There's moments where like I judge somebody. Or like I, I really let them get under my skin. You, you know, one thing that was uh that's interesting to me is the balance between open mindedness and acceptance and the need for judgment, because in some regard, in order to orient yourself in life, you have to be closed minded. Expand. Like, <laughs> if you like, in order to have an ideal person that you're striving towards, you begin to outline them with certain qualities. Mm-hmm. And then you have to genuinely, if you're honest, some people aren't that. I'm not trying to strive to be like you. And is that judgmental? Yes. But I think it's properly judgmental. It's not judgmental as your God. That's where most people get it wrong. People think they're God. So it's like, you are undesirable, right? I don't want to be like you, right? <laughs> if this is a tidbit clip, it's like, I don't want to be like you, Katie. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. You can't hurt me. <laughs> Sticks and stones. <laughs> So, so I think most people fuck up because like, so all right, judgment, you have to be judgmental to be sane because you have to define if you're in, you have to define what your life is and where you're trying to go, what your point A, what your point B is and what the outcome looks like and what that looks like as you as a person. So who you're desiring to be, 
right? So then you begin to orient yourself by placing people in hierarchies of like, those people really are the kind of people I want to be like. And so those are good people. These people are not, so they're bad people. And that's just a simple way your brain says, like, I don't like, right? And that's healthy. That's healthy because that then allows you to see where you're headed and what you want to be more like. It's like inspirational. The problem with that is where most people take it where they think their organization of people is the organization of people. If you don't want to be like somebody else, that's you don't want to be like somebody else. It's not that those people shouldn't exist and that people shouldn't want to be like those kind of people. I think that's a really important note. It is. It's, you are, it is not, you are not the God. You don't create what good people and what bad people are. You create who you deem to be good and bad. And it's, it's nice. Like, I think that that's, I think that's something that, mo- I don't think we have any part of that conversation in mainstream entertainment right now in terms of self-love and self-development, spiritual stuff, is that, because it's so much about open-mindedness, you know, and it's so much about accepting everyone, that I think it begins to, uh, demotivate people from becoming something better than themselves and stepping into their individuality yeah and saying who do i want to be like and how like if i accept everyone then who's desirable and is there any lines of desire and is there anything is there good or bad or is that just me judging it like that right there will get you really high you know is there anything as such good and bad or am i just judging it good or bad but the problem is once you realize it's just you judging that it's good or bad people go oh so nothing's good or bad no Things are good or bad. It's just, it was never a a, a intrinsic thing. It was never an, uh, an um, and yeah, it was never an intrinsic thing. It was never that that was good or bad. It was you were assigning it good or bad. Or your parent told you it was good or bad, so you adopted their belief. It's always the power to identify good, bad, desirable, undesirable has always rested within you. People get really high. They wear tie-dye shirts. They take some psychedelics for the first time, and then they completely dismantle any type of organization hierarchy or lines in their perception of the world and i think they miss it i think that people miss it when they do that you know because then it becomes a a, a like this blurred gray of almost nihilism nothing has any meaning what's the point and um, how do we define anything to be good or bad and if so if you can't find things to be good or bad how do you begin to strive to be anything at all think that's a dangerous path it's a fucking dangerous path <laughs> yeah yeah there's my exp- explanation of it you have to you got to be open open-minded but you have it's important you have to be closed-minded too if you want to have some if you're trying to get anywhere because i think if you accept open-mindedness as your key to enlightenment you'll become ramdas and here's the interesting thing about ramdas ramdas was nobody at the end you know that was even his thing. Become no one. And it's like, but you're someone, right? From the perspective of like Buddhism or something, it's an illusion you're someone. Sure. You know, it's like a like hallucination. But you're still, but you're someone right now. So it's like, is the point, isn't the point to create a podcast that you talk to other someones and those someones inspire other people to be they're someone or is it to become no one and inspiring everyone else to take off their people suits and become no one too when we're we're here as individuals the illusion itself if it is an illusion i can still touch you and feel a separateness 
So we're separate. I think there's a beautiful, beautiful experience of realizing the connective nature of our consciousness and saying, oh, wow, like if I really strip away the individual personality traits about Katie, we're kind of similar. I'm in here and you're in there. That's beautiful. You know, I think that's what conscious sex looks like for people, right? But then to, to just loosen the shoe for the rest of eternity and be Alan Watts and and just jack off to the idea of who is it and what is it and we don't ever know, you know? I think it's I think it's counter I think it's counterproductive to the idea of being a human being, and it's uh, I think it's dangerous to be quite honest with you. I think it's so dangerous because it's like a tightrope. I think like the balance of the two can be a beautiful thing, but careful. I mean, I have like slipped off on the Alan Watts train and just you know yeah. totally ungrounded. It, it, that's such a good word, Katie. I have been full-blown ungrounded. I will admit that. You're like, ground? What is ground? <laughs> I'm like, bitch, get the fuck away from me. You're not You're not coming in this room. And so, I'll, you know, the importance of walking barefoot and, like, I'm not scared to go hug a tree. I am not. I will embody, like, a tree hugger spirit. Oh, I'll, be a, I'll be a tree hugger. But it's just this connection to life this existence the human experience yeah like so in one of my last relationships i noticed that at one point i was like you know i think one of our issues this is really weird too because for a while it was empowering to say that's not true that's it's just how i feel it's not necessarily the reality it's just how i feel and the other person would say that's not necessarily that's just how you feel about what i did and you're like okay Valid. Yeah, you're right. That is how I feel about what we did. And so that does make it a little, that makes our arguments a little bit less caught. Like you're wrong or I'm bad or something. And so it, and then it also allows us the freedom to be a little bit more um, individual with the way we want to be. Right. But then it became this smoke mirror of like, I think that one of the reasons that I think that this feels too chaotic. Like there isn't a clear standard for either one of us on how we ought to be with one another. And how we ought to respond to each other's criticisms or how we ought to reach out for love. You know, that's the first time I ever saw the benefit of religion. First time I ever saw the actual benefit of religion. Well, not the actual, but I like what well, there's one benefit, but a benefit of religion after leaving religion. One of the first times I ever thought, well, this is why religion's helpful is because it, it, even though it's a hand me down set of traits and values, it gives you a set of values and traits and expectations. So you both can say, on this hand, this is how we'll act and this is how we'll abide. So that that way, when you act a certain way, I can say, hey, that's not our standard. There's, there is, oh, look at that. That's interesting. There is some, some uh, boundaries here. This is how we, so we're going to play a game. It's called being in a relationship. And how we're going to do that is you're a player and I'm a player. And here's the, how the game works. And here's the, the way that we interact with each other. And here's what we're not allowed to do, you know? And if it's like, oh, well, why, how do you get to say that? It's like, well, I, well, I don't, as your Lord and Savior, I can't. So, like, I'm not going to say you can't do that. But if you want to play this relationship game, here's the rules I'll agree to. And if you'll agree to those, then we have a relationship. That was the first time I ever was like, oh, damn, religion does that for you. So I remember sitting in Starbucks drive through it, telling her, hey, I think it'd be really helpful if you and I created some type of um, like like a, like a book of rules for uh, for our relationship, like a guideline of set of sorts that's individual. It's not religious and we're not just borrowing someone else's, but we gleam inspiration to say, I want to always treat you with respect. And what respect looks like for me is to not attack my character, to um, 
to speak with me in a tone that um, is inviting and curious. Um, and I want, that's, that's something I want. And so can we, can we both agree on that? Cause once we agree on that, now we start to create some boundaries in a relationship that then I can genuinely say you're acting out of line. And I think that's where past relationships could even be like a beautiful thing to pull from, not judging the potential future relationship based on that person's actions. However, looking at needs that weren't met of yours in that relationship and how you want to be spoken to or how the communication should go and developing those guidelines together based on your past experiences and the experiences you want for the future. Yeah. You know, if we have a fight or whatever, it gets that argument of state. Should we step away or should we continue or how does it, like you said, the guidelines. It becomes so chaotic if there's no guidelines. It becomes so chaotic if there's no religion, you know? Like if there's genuinely no religion and the true spirit nature of, of what is the answer? What's our deepest premise about what we exist to do? Because I think that's one of the greatest things about religion is it's a deep answer for the fundamental nature of your existence, you know? And then you can extrapolate and build on upon that foundation. And if you don't have that, it is chaotic unless you begin well, – not, not it's true – if you don't have it, it's chaotic. You have to begin to construct your own religion, your own fundamental premise. And then that has to be who I really am. This is what I really believe. And this is, that's like the whole journey of self-discovery too is, and uh, I talk a lot when I get on tangents. So feel free to just be like, Hey, uh, this is what I think. You know, <laughs> the whole thing of self-discovery too, and participating in relationships. I don't think you can participate in a relationship with someone until you have intentionally not know yourself. You can't love anyone else until you know yourself. Uh, do you really ever know yourself all, completely? I think that's the work of a lifetime. Especially if you're evolving and growing and on this path of self dis- continuous self-discovery. Exactly. Because you'll never be healed. Boom, you're healed. Yeah, but you can, but you can have a rough draft of what your, what your life looks like. And who you are as a person. And this is the difference, too, is most people adopt that. They adopt who they are as a person from their experiences, from their past relationships. They take on those experiences, and they become the defense mechanism against that. And so now they're the kind of person, right? Or they're the kind of person, and it's like, this is not who I want to be either, right? So I think before you're in a relationship with someone, it you have to have a religion, you know? You have to have it a religion of sorts that says this is who I fundamentally believe that I am and we are and this is what I think that our purpose is in life and because of that this is how I this is who I think I am you know and this is what's really important to me and this is why it's important to me so not even like identifying with a religion but knowing your set of beliefs yeah cuz religion is religion is a set of beliefs that answers the questions about fundamentally who we are as a person makes sense of this chaos and then gives you some rules. And we've got like a few major ones that most people subscribe to, you know? Yeah. So you don't have to subscribe to those. Tell the truth. Yeah. Or, but you can, like, a, uh, there's a great book called, uh, it's called Thomas More. No, author Thomas More writes a book called A Religion of One's Own. I love that book. It's like, hey, dude, religion has a fundamental purpose. Like, first there's religious people, then they become atheists, and then if they really smoke the blunt all the way to the end, you know, they become religious again. <laughs> Genuinely, but it's an authentic religion. Understanding the fundamental value of religion is to give a fundamental premise, a, a foundational base for you to build your life, to construct your your sandcastle in life before the wave of time 
crashes it over. Because if not, you're Ramdas and you're you're a motherfucking hole. <laughs> when it, by the time there's nothing there, you know. I view religions as like a path to the one truth, and the one truth is unknown. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, it's like a just a cat. I looking at itself. You're like, this is what we were all looking for. I picture an octopus. Okay. Oh, cool. I picture like the head. So this unthing that we, you know, where we're going next or why are we here? All that stuff. That's kind of like the octopus head. And then each tentacle is like a religion or a set of beliefs. Yeah. And I think that's one of my personal issues with religion. I don't like telling somebody or hearing somebody tell somebody else that someone's beliefs are wrong. Yeah. Because it is true to them, depending, you know, where they were born or their family, whatever. So that's why with my kids, they are educated on multiple religions. Yeah. It's not, this is the truth. Now, if they want to identify with one religion, that's all fine and dandy. But I don't ever want them to tell somebody else that what that person believes is wrong. You think that all religions will lead back to one thing? Now here's the here's the fun here's the fundamental part of your analogy that I agree with and why I think we're talking about the exact same thing is you say all the religions lead back to one thing and that is unknown, right? So we don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle always said um, why he doesn't like pick one. He said when I die, what if I'm wrong? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. And I I like to choose what resonates for me yeah. from different religions. So like Buddhism, you know, let's say mind, body, spirit, like that's my essence or whatever. So Buddhism is kind of like my mind. Yeah. Zen stillness. Whereas my body is kind of more Jesus's love, my heart mm. living through my heart. Sacrifice, li- giving your life up for other people. Right. Yeah. Cause that's the story of Christianity. It's Jesus giving up his life, God giving his son, like the sun is the most viable archetypal illustration. Like your future, you're giving away your lineage, your future, your potential. Your son is your potential, archetypically speaking, right? Yeah. So you're giving up your potential for your brother or for your sister, and that's beautiful. Gleaming that from Christianity is a hell of a a hell of a snatch, man. That's awesome. And then I also love Hinduism, aspects of that and yoga and Sanskrit and the knowledge that I have received from um, I go to Above and Beyond Yoga Studio in Mobile. And shout out above yeah, and beyond. Shout out, but the knowledge I learn, and so it's just kind of the flow you, of what works for me. You got to man, and if you like that, do you th- do you agree with that? If you don't replace religion with something, you are you will become disoriented very quickly. It's strange to think because I know people who believe in absolutely nothing, and I don't know how that would feel for me. <laughs> Because I feel it so strongly. Yeah. It's hard to... To feel nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't know. To I believe guess, in absolutely nothing. Well, like, so... Would that be a stoic? No, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. But I would say I don't think atheists believe in nothing, necessarily. Okay. I think atheists believe that we don't know. So I think it's a difference. Okay. You might have, because I don't think, if you're an atheist, I don't, okay, so an atheist is like a placeholder term for someone who doesn't believe in God, right? But it's also like no no God, no, God. no theist, yeah, yeah. right? 
But it also it's not. It, but I think you could subdivide atheists into two different categories: people who believe there is no God, and people who don't know there is a God, mm-hmm. if there is or not. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a like a what's like I'm a teapot atheist. Like, is there a teapot floating around on Earth's orbit? You know, they got dropped out of the NASA Space Center. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a teapot atheist. Do I believe it doesn't exist? Not necessarily. I just don't believe it does. It, I don't really believe it does exist. Or I don't have any reason to believe it doesn't. Right. So I don't think most people even like most people have faith in some regard. I feel like fundamentally you can't not have faith in something because you will just whoop, into a pool of nihilism and it'll just be there's nothing to this. And if you can if you can be a nihilist and assign your own meaning to life, fucking fantastic. There's qualities of that which I've adopted too. But to think that this whole thing is absolutely um, to think this whole thing is absolutely uh, up to interpretation is good. But when you interact with other people, you'll find that it's important to share perspectives or at least to agree on the interpretation if you're going to have peace in your relationships and your friendships. I think that's one thing that's lacking, the communication side of presenting different perspectives. I think we've gotten to a place where, at least I have, scared to almost share thoughts because worried about saying it wrong or how it'll be taken. Um, Or I say one thing one day and then I learn something and then, oh, my perspective has shifted. But I think that's kind of, that's why cancel culture is so dangerous. Yeah. Because views today are different than 20 years ago and I think it's a wonderful thing to hold people accountable absolutely and but I think people are capable of having those shifts to um, see things differently absolutely I think that's really good to be honest and authentic about how you feel and to and to be real about your views genuinely to talk honestly about them that's been something for me that's I've been having to overcome I noticed that I would change what I was saying or how I would feel or like the presentation of the information based on fear of that person's judgment or reaction. Yeah. Which I don't know how much of that is good or bad, you know, because it's part of it's like, well, this is my brain doing its thing, you know, like don't say some shit that's going to piss this person off. So that's something too, that like, it's not that there's a level of authenticity that I think you can, I'm just now getting to learn what I like, what I'll reveal to you and what I'll say to you is what I choose to reveal to you and say to you based on you. But it's not an inauthenticity mm. on my half because I'm not going to tell you something that I know you're going to really not like. I'm fine with it. I just know if I bring it out, you're going to hate it. You know, So I'm kind of respectful to you. I don't really want to talk about it with you. Okay, so this is where the conversation starts to turn towards people-pleasing. Being a people-pleaser is a prison, man. I spent many, many years there. And the rest of this podcast where we talk about being a people pleaser and the way to get out of that, I think it's deeply, deeply profound and inspirational. And I seriously hope you check it out. I really hope you've enjoyed this short episode about religion, about relationship, about deciding who you are and who, like what your values are and how you can interact with people based on those and the importance of finding them to create organization in this beautiful chaos that is our life. 
Again, the final episode of the series with Katie is going to be online on Friday. It's coming out Friday. And uh, if you hadn't already made plans to check it out, I will give you an extra incentive. I will pay you to stop being a people pleaser. <laughs> if that sounds interesting, there was a, a quick little snippet that I gave a challenge out to a few people that I will give $100 to. Literally, I'll cash up $100 on Friday to you if you check out the podcast and follow the instructions in the podcast. Make some money, baby. See you Friday.